Hello and welcome to this week's podcast version of Scripps 5 Must Know Things. This time for the business week ended 18th February 2022. This is Ian Haydock. This week, Limpaza poised for expansion in prostate cancer. Zuranolone faces challenges in depression. Novartis transfers products and cuts jobs in India. A US call to build Alzheimer's infrastructure. And an Indian legal row over a COVID spray product. AstraZeneca and Merck Co. have presented more detailed data confirming Limpaz's benefits as a frontline combination therapy in prostate cancer regardless of mutation status, paving the way for a major expansion of its use. The partners first unveiled top-line data from the Propel Phase 3 trial in September last year, but have now released fuller data showing that Limpaza produced improvement in radiographic progression-free survival versus Johnson & Johnson's current standard of care Zytiga as the first-line treatment for metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer with or without homologous recombination repair gene mutations. Andrew McConaughey writes, the PARP inhibitor is currently approved for use only in prostate cancer patients with the HRR mutation, which is around 20 to 30% of patients, but is now firmly on track to gain approval in all MCRPC patients, regardless of their mutation status. A predefined interim analysis showed that Limpaza in combination with abiraterone reduced the risk of disease progression or death by 34% versus abiraterone alone. Median RPFS was 24.8 months for Limpaza plus abiraterone versus 16.6% for abiraterone alone. That 8-month improvement in PFS is impressive and analysts agree with the trial's principal investigator, Fred Sardat of the University of Montreal Hospital Centre, that the results could make the combination a new standard of care. The data have so far not generated a statistically significant improvement in overall survival, however they do show a favourable trend compared to abiraterone alone. The study will continue to assess OS as a key secondary endpoint. Results are sufficient for the partners to prepare to file with regulators, and an expected future approval in this common cancer would represent a major expansion of its use. In September, analysts at Jefferies said around 30,000 to 50,000 prostate cancer patients in the US are eligible for the first-line therapy every year, which could translate into revenues of 3 to $5 billion in this indication alone, assuming a treatment period of 18 months. Debate over the commercial viability of Sage Therapeutics, Biogen's Zuranolone, isn't getting any quieter as additional data rolls in. The Phase 3 coral study in major depressive disorder met its primary endpoint of rapid onset of antidepressant effect with an acceptable safety and tolerability profile, but missed a key endpoint on durability. Alaric Diamant writes the companies unveiled the coral data on 16th February, saying that the trial met its primary endpoint of a rapid and statistically significant reduction in depressive symptoms at day three and over the two-week treatment period, when patients received zuranolone co-initiated with an open-label standard of care antidepressant, or ADT. The trial also met its key secondary endpoint of demonstrating statistically significant improvement in depressive symptoms versus placebo ADT during the two-week treatment period. However, at day 3 the reduction was 8.9 points for zuranolone ADT compared with 7 points for placebo antidepressant. 
And whilst your alone ADT showed numerical superiority on days 8, 12 and 15 and equivalence at day 42, the result at day 15 was not statistically significant. Coral is not the first phase 3 study of xeranolone in MDD to raise questions about the drug's commercial prospects. In December, SAGE and Biogen announced data from a cohort of patients in the Shoreline trial who received the drug at 50mg for 14 days and in that trial, which had a different design from Coral, the higher dose was associated with greater efficacy but also greater toxicity. On the other hand, the Shoreline data also sparked more optimism with respect to durability. The drug seemed to perform best in patients with comorbid anxiety, suggesting a possible commercial opportunity for that subset. Despite concerns about the data at day 15 in Coral, the company saw the results as overall positive. CEO Barry Green told the same day call with analysts, what you're seeing here is really an added placebo effect or an antidepressant effect because of the kind of white coat effects, particularly during COVID. Analysts noted that the disappointing results at day 15 could be a risk factor with regulatory filings. In October, the companies announced that they were delaying filings for both MDD and postpartum depression, following discussions with the US FDA. The goal was approval in the second half of 2022 for MDD and for PPD in the first half of 2023. Novartis India has struck a sales and distribution agreement for a range of established medicines with Dr. Reddy's laboratories, a move that is expected to widen access to these drugs, but will also see the Swiss multinational let go of around 400 employees in the country. Andrew Gangurdi reports the arrangement combines Novartis's manufacturing and development synergies with its Indian partners' sales and distribution strengths. Products covered under the deal include the Vovaran and Calcium ranges and Methagene and account for approximately 50% of the company's 2020-2021 product sales, though parents Novartis will retain ownership of their trademarks. For Dr. Reddy's, the deal bolsters its opportunities in key therapy areas, pain management, women's health and bone health, and augurs well for the Hyderabad-based firm's overall ambitions to break into the top five ranking in the Indian market. The deal expects to expand access to Novartis's established medicines and benefit many more patients more efficiently by significantly extending the reach of healthcare professionals through an expanded field force. The strategic decision will, however, also see the separation of approximately 400 employees of Novartis India due to role surplus and redundancies. Novartis confirmed to Script that the job losses are largely in sales and marketing, noting severance packages along with outplacement services. There is also some speculation around whether the deal is perhaps in some way a precursor to potential plans down the line to move towards delisting the Indian arm, something that Novartis India has denied in the past. Industry watchers have pointed to how most new products are being launched in India by the Swiss firm's 100% owned entity, diminishing the value of the listed entity, making it a bargain buyback. Novartis isn't the only foreign firm to hand over the marketing and distribution of mature brands in India to a local partner over the recent past. Last year, Eli Lilly similarly struck a deal with Sipla, transferring India rights to its partner to sell, promote and distribute Humalog and Trulicity. Over 100 jobs at Lilly were reported to have been cut following the deal.
As the drama around US Medicare coverage of Biogen's Alzheimer's drug Adjuhelm continues to play out, former Centres for Medicare and Medicaid Services Administrator Mark McClellan recommended the agency, with collaboration from drug sponsors, lay the groundwork now for future treatments for Alzheimer's disease. Jessica Mell writes that during a fireside chat at the Bio CEO and Investor Conference on 15th February, McClellan outlined some of his views on CMS's controversial decision to restrict the coverage of Adihelm and other beta amyloid antibodies to approved clinical trials. It's going to be a very different environment a year from now, and I hope CMS, with comments from this community, can plan ahead for that, he said. Late-stage trials testing several similar drugs in development from Azi, Biogen, Eli Lilly and Roche are all expected to read out in 2022 and 23, which could provide more information about the safety and efficacy profile of the class of drugs. I do think there are some short-term steps that could help in getting from where we are now to a clear path for bringing safe and effective treatments for Alzheimer's patients, not in 5 or 10 years, but next year, McClellan said. Drug sponsors, with the support of some of the patient advocacy groups like the Alzheimer's Association and Us Against Alzheimer's, could work on developing post-marketing data systems that could be implemented on a wider scale, he recommended. He said the current debate could ultimately provide clarity for future drugs. What I do hope comes out of this, at least, is a much clearer pathway for the next year, he said. Can those products get broader coverage and is there a way to set up a system within the coming months that could reliably answer those questions about safety and effectiveness and these different subgroups of patients that haven't been well studied yet? That could be a pathway to broader coverage, he asked. CMS has just closed the comment period on the draft decision which was released in January and was unprecedented in restricting reimbursement for an FDA-approved drug for an on-label indication. Thousands of comments were submitted with drug sponsors, including Biogen, arguing the decision undermines the FDA's accelerated review process and treats Alzheimer's patients differently than patients with other diseases like cancer. Adjuhelm received accelerated approval from the FDA last June, based on its ability to remove amyloid from the brain and not on any clinical benefit. Finally, Canada-based biotech firm Sanitize Research and Development has gone through with the launch of its novel nitric oxide nasal spray, or NONS, for COVID-19 in India via partner Glenmark Pharmaceuticals, but there has been some tricky parallel legal action alongside. Andrew Gangodi writes that Sanitize has been locked in a legal battle with Lupin Limited over the alleged breach of confidentiality and copyright infringement after the frontline Indian firm approached it in May last year and was interested in taking nons to market. The crux of the case revolves around the confidentiality agreement entered into by the parties on 17th May 2021, though Lupin maintained that it was by then already working on a very similar product, also a nitric oxide nasal spray, but delivered by a slightly different two-canister system. The Indian firm's product specifically was an Ayurvedic formulation branded Noxgard versus Sanitizes allopathic formulation. Ayurveda is a natural system of medicine with its roots in India. The case in the Bombay High Court has since seen a seesaw swing with an initial ad interim order going the Canada-based biotech's way only to be dismissed in Lupin's favour subsequently last year 
with the legal battle now spilling over to 2022 before a two-judge bench. On 11th February, Sanitize CEO and co-founder Dr Gilly Riegev confirmed to script that the company continues to pursue the case against Lupin and that the Indian firm is currently not allowed to sell their product. Lupin declined to comment on the case specifics since the matter is currently in court, but maintained that the company remains very proud that we have built a novel Invented in India innovative product and we are very keen on being able to bring Noxguard to the market shortly. It will be interesting to watch whether the Lupin product impacts the trajectory of the Glenmark Sanitized product, which is available as Fabry Spray, although there appears to be more competition in the wings. In its fiscal third quarter earnings call, Glenmark said that it expects Fabry Spray to be a good contributor for indie growth in the near term. Sanitize hauled Lupin to court after it claimed to have shared certain proprietary, confidential and sensitive information, data, trade secrets and know-how with Lupin Inc. to take potential partnering discussions, including around regulatory aspects, further. Lupin at the time maintained that the confidentiality agreement was only for marketing Sanitize's allopathic formulation, not an Ayurvedic version. That's all for this time. Thanks as always for listening and don't forget to sign in to the script site to access all of our extensive content and these stories in full, which are also linked in the article accompanying this podcast. If you don't already subscribe, take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.